got a knife. What? He's got a knife. What? And that's not the worst part. The worst part is you teach a class about slashers and you still walked into a dark alley alone. That's not funny. <sighs> no. It's not. It took us a while to get this one out. It's one of my favorite franchises, actually. And we did a retrospective on it last year. Or the year before. It was last I year. Remember. So it was. Lost track of, yeah. Last year. <laughs> there you go. Um, we're all in agreement that the Scream franchise is good stuff. But as a horror franchise goes, it's pretty solid. And uh, it's good self-aware horror. I was looking forward to when the last Scream came out. I really liked it. A lot of people didn't. I... Uh, I still think The Last Scream is one of the better screams. And I think the reason I liked it so much was, A, you had Matt Pettinelli open, and Tyler Gillette came on board with their screenwriting pals, Guy uh, Busick and James Vanderbilt. Now, these guys all teamed up to do a movie called Ready or Not, which is just a wonderful film. And so these guys come on board to take over for Wes Craven. I thought it was great. I also want to keep in mind it's, it was 10 years, 11 years since the last one. So time to marinate and readjust, revamp, you know, what's what's going to work, what's not. Who do we take out? Who do we don't take out? Sally Dewey uh, got taken out. So I was looking forward to what these guys can do next. Now, my only concern with this is it's a year later. So where are we going to go here with the writing? Is this going to be a rush job? Uh, I think... I thought it was put out for um, too quick. Yeah, it seemed pretty... I mean, obviously I'm going to be the wrong here because this movie's made a shitload of money and everyone loves it. People think it's the best <laughs> one since the original. You know, I, I anyways, I, we saw the, I saw this film in the theater. I saw it twice and I still was on the fence. And then um, once it hit video on demand, I was able to watch it again. I just wanted to be sure because it's, like I said, it's my go-to. It's, it's probably the best horror franchise. I would say it's the best slicer franchise. I, I I'd still say horror, uh, okay. my personal opinion, and so I really wanted to make sure because um, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Did not like it at all, actually. Uh, but after watching a few times, let's see what my views have we changed a bit. I guess we'll find out as we talk. Scream Six. All right, we got pretty much the same as all screams. Regular cast is back. Gail, Sam, Tara, Chad, Mindy, Skeet. Or but not Neve. <laughs> uh, Detective Bailey, Ethan Bailey. Oops, Quinn Bailey. Whoops, spoiler. Oh, by the way, this is spoiler-filled. Yeah. Uh, Danny, Kirby, Laura, Dr. Stone, yada, yada, But yada. no Neve and no um, so, Arquette. No, you can't have Arquette. He's dead. I know that, but <laughs> uh, he could come back as I don't know. <laughs> No, Billy Loomis is dead. I mean, I. Th- but he uh, came back. <laughs> well, yeah, but that—that's an alter mm-hmm. ego. There's a difference. So they really picked up the gore. Yeah, that was one of their big selling points. They had two, three big selling points for this one. They had a. It was shot in Manhattan. I'll tell you what, right now, guys, nothing cool happens on the fucking Empire State. Nothing cool happens in the Statue of Liberty. They could have filmed this in fucking Canada. For all I care. It was filmed in Canada. That's, um, I think, um, a lot of it. But, um, yes, obviously there was, like, sort of exterior shots that were done in New York. Yeah, so, I mean, this, the plug that, and they really promoted it, I thought was stupid, pointless. 
Uh, the closest thing I really recognized of New York would have been the subway scene, and that could have been anywhere as well. Yeah. Um, they claim it's Lot Gorier. Uh, yeah, it's got some pretty great depths. I'll give you that one. I don't know if it's just Gorier is the last one, but it's... It's more violent. It's more, yeah, them. it's more brutal. It's probably a better way to look at it. And they also promote it's the longest one. It's over two hours long. And I'm going to tell you right now, it should not be over two hours long. Um, the great thing about slasher films and the great thing about screen films, they don't overstay their welcome. This overstays its welcome. So we're going to jump into it. We're going to jump into the opening sequence. We, we actually get our favorite, favorite scene of pretty much all the screen films, the opening sequence. This time we've got Laura, who's going on a blind date. That's kind of cool. It's played by uh, Samora Weaving. Who yes. works with these guys before She was the lead in Ready or Not So it's kind of nice to get her in the beginning sequence here So this whole thing is the blind date thing I, I, I remember first seeing this I was like, who's this fucking clueless To mm-hmm. go into an alleyway um, in, in New York To be fair, um, the killer on the phone does say that You're a film studies teacher uh, who specializes in 80 slicers and you've just walked into an entry on your own, a dark entry. (laughs) Yeah, but he says that, yeah, they play, I guess they do mention it, but that's right before he's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I watched it again, like I said, I watched it a few times, and the character's very nervous and shy, and so I could see her being misled down the wrong path, pardon the pun. And so it, it does work. And I'll tell you what, the the copycat aspect of it is really, really fucking good. Uh, this whole opening sequence from the beginning all the way to where the real ghost face shows up when the key ends up killing the copycats, Jason, I believe his name is, is brilliant. Yeah, I think it's a very strong opening, and it's one of the best opening sequences. Um, <laughs> well, we'll discuss what happens after this, but yeah, I, I liked it. What... As well, as much as I like the opening, and I'm going to take the opening, they should really have made this the heart of the story. I think you could have misled the audience further on besides the first 15 minutes. I think you could have really played this almost 40 minutes into it and really think, what the fuck's going on here? And when you, yeah. and then pull the rug underneath everybody, because when you get the twist at the end, you know, who's the killer, you also give them another twist in this one where this is a copycat the whole time. And you really could have had played some, you know, uh, red herring, really good red herrings with that. And you could really uh, play some nice Easter eggs, knowing it's, a, you know, not knowing it's a copycat for the audience to go back for repeat value. It could have really played on that. But it's cut short, pardon the pun again. Uh, however, the opening sequence is fucking really good. Um, after watching the trailer, seeing all of the Ghostface outfits, I was under the impression, I had, I had a feeling that they were going to go with like a cult of um, Ghostface fanatics and like copycat killers. I thought that would have been cool. It's, it sort of does that, but it's more like a revenge sort of story. Um, you know, very similar in Elk to um, Scream 2, probably intentionally. Um, they could have been planning the copycat aspect of it, but then after Halloween Kills come out, maybe said, oh shit, we're going to have to change this, or else it'll look like we're copycatting um, yeah. Halloween Kills with a copycat killer, you know, or killers. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Now, her... her uh her execution is pretty brutal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you find out it's copycat and Jason's talking on the phone, he thinks he's talking to his partner in crime, Greg. Yes. He's clearly dead, um, but he's actually talking to the real ghost face. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome back, Roger Jackson. <laughs> yes. Always nice to hear his voice. And as he's, he has a really creepy conversation with the ghost face. And when he tells Ghostface that it's like killing an animal or something like that, or yes, it's just like meat and stuff. Yeah, I I felt sort of nothing, you know, that sort of thing. It's quite sort of um, the sort of shit that a, a real serial killer would say. A real killer would say, you know. By the way, did you notice the cool sort of um, reference? What Jason, obviously named after Jason Voorhees, was watching on his TV when he was on the yeah, phone in this scene. I did see that. Yeah, Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, eh, it was all right. I, I, I saw it coming. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for them to pepper that in somehow. It's too bad they have to reference that piece of shit. <laughs> um, I mean, as I say, this second part of the opening sequence. By the way, I'd also like to say I liked how. Um, after the guard was killed, um, he took his mask off. That's a first. What do you mean? Jason, whenever he killed um, the woman at the start, you know, in the opening sequence, he takes his mask off. Yeah, but he's a copycat. He doesn't know. Yes, but I, I don't think anyone, we've never seen that before in a screen film, especially in an opening sequence. Oh, well, I think, yeah. Well, he had to do that to get, you know, get back in the, so he can mm-hmm. walk the streets without, mm-hmm. you know, a bloody face, a mask on. Yeah. But from the viewer's point of view, it was quite good. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it was pretty much just to let the people know because once you once you reveal who it is, I think mm-hmm. people caught on that this is either a copycat or or whatnot. Yeah, but it's solid either way. We're gonna go with it. Um, I what was it? But twenty minutes into it or something like that. Twenty five. Yeah, it's quite a long it's opening. Quite a long opening, which I'm fine with. I'll go with it. I I also loved the just before it hits the credits. Um, when the real ghost face um, turns around to Jason just as he's killing him and he goes, who gives a fuck about the movies? And then just kills him, basically. Yeah. That was a good line. Sadly, this is the best part of the film. Uh, it's got it's got more to it than that. It's got more meat on the bone, but it's it's far and few between. We see... Did you see... What's this about Richie's film? Did you see that? Yes, yes. So, Rich, the, the whole point is... These guys, the copycat, wanted to finish Richie's film. Yes. Because Richie's old motive was he was tired of the sequels and the sequels and thing becoming formulaic. They mm-hmm. So he wanted to become a new serial killer so they can get back to the basics. Yeah, he wanted to make his own stab film, basically. He, well, he wanted to make it a new original film. Mm-hmm. He, he was getting tired of, you know... A requel. The copy and paste. Yeah, a requel. But, all right. But we are... We, we got our, car- our main character back, Sam. She's talking to another wasted, uh, waste, uh, uh, wasted cameo here, Doctor Henry. Z- What's his name? It's Doctor Stone, but it's played by Henry Searsney. Searsney. Yes, I'd like he, to see him from Mission Impossible. Yes, I was just about to say he's in the original Mission Impossible as well. Yeah, that's why I said he's in the Mission Impossible. Yes, but he's also in the later ones. But he's in the very first one too with Tom Cruise. He, yeah, well, he hasn't been back in them until this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is his uh, second outing as Mission Impossible. Right. Yeah. Um, you're you you confuse me so many times, Trevor. I swear <laughs> to Christ. Yeah, that's fucking. It's it's not hard to do. <laughs> so the whole point of the Doctor sequence here is to pretty much give. This is pretty much 
I know the screams are going to have these red herrings. This is a bad red herring. You always think it's him right away. You're like, oh, it's the doctor. He's getting all mm-hmm. the info. And then when he asks Sam to open up and t- tell him what happened, she pretty much tells him everything. Um, and the fact that how much she liked killing Richie, and it felt good. Um, and he goes, okay, that's the end of our session. So and That's the end of all our sessions? Yeah. Get out, <laughs> you psycho? Pretty much. <laughs> and he tells you he's going to he might have to report this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, dude, you told her to open up to you. You can't fucking, you know. But there is, I think in reality, uh, well, certainly in the UK, I mean, there is that whole sort of doctor-patient confidentiality. But there, there's a grey area when it comes to, um, you know, if they're going to harm themselves or other people. So that, that, that that's pretty, that makes sense. Yeah, well, if they, if they can tell you they're going to do harm, they have to report it. Yes. Um, she didn't say that, but... Yeah, but she sort of suggested, she kind of suggested it, I suppose. So that's pretty much his whole scene. Uh, he does come back. We'll talk about it. It's a fucking disturbing death. I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. All right, so we introduced to Quinn. Oh, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn. Now, Quinn is one of the new characters. She is the roommate, obviously, of the girls. And she's a good misdirect. I'm going to give him credit on this one. I didn't see her coming. I didn't see... Uh, you know, I didn't see them planting kind of a seed. Uh, I sort of did, but it was more later on whenever um, I sort of realized it was a family cameo about the, that. Uh, not, not, I didn't immediately realize, um, you know, sort of think that she might have been in on it. I, I personally thought she was a fucking really annoying character. I was okay with that. I, I mean, she was an annoying character, but at the end of the day, it's all about misdirect with this, so... Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more annoying she is, when she gets killed, we're all like, oh, thank God, she's dead. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's a nice little misdirect. So it works when she's taken out of the picture. Um, then we have the big party scene, which I thought was stupid. The whole This whole setup was just to kind of meet everybody, all the new characters, Anika yeah. and Ethan. Exposition, basically. Yeah. And my sister is going to go up and sleep with this guy. And Come on. Yeah, Tara wouldn't do that in real life. Oh well, well she was drunk, so who who knows? But um, Chad then um, uh, beats him up, and then Samantha comes in and tears him in the balls. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was also to show that how protective Sam is of Tara. Mm-hmm. Uh, she pretty much followed her to New York when everyone else. I love when these movies where everyone goes to school together after yeah. after a thing happens. The last I person I would want to see is the one person I was fucking <laughs> you know lying. And they all go to college together as well. Yeah, I was like. It's- why yeah. would you hang out with someone that you were just lying in a pile of blood with a couple of years ago earlier? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Quinn talks. Tara's kind of, after she has a little, a little fight, Quinn tells her that she lost her brother. Uh, now, away. Yeah. Well, now that you watch the film, obviously you know the outcome. Yeah, it's, but that's my point, though. This, the film is very good at misdirecting. It doesn't, even though she literally tells you, I lost my brother. We should have right there go, whoa, but you don't. You did not catch it either. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, a serious question. Oh, serious, um, serious question, everybody, Trevor. Yes. Samantha, did she never meet Richie's family? Obviously, she didn't. No. You know, but, I mean, it just seems a bit odd to be having <clears throat> such a serious boyfriend and never meeting his family. Yeah, but she was a recluse. Mm. And so was he. And also, okay. also keep in mind... He probably wouldn't want to go that route because Richie's plan was to make the movie, so he wouldn't want her to to meet the family right away. Anyway, plus his family were all psychos and it would give the game away. <laughs> yeah, exactly that too. 
So no, I'll give that a pass. I don't like I, I don't like the whole Tara and Chad falling in love. I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. Look, see, see, to be honest with you, see the core four as they are irritatingly called in, in this. Um, they wouldn't hold a torch to the original crew of Sydney, Dewey, um, Gail Weathers, and Randy. They just would not. Um, they actually have come. They're actually pretty annoying. Maybe it's because I'm a bit older. I don't know. Um, and I don't get. <laughs> I'm not down with the kids anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know. But uh, I just find him general. I actually quite like Chad. I have to admit, he seems like a you know because he's portrayed as a sort of nice guy. The rest of them are pretty annoying. Uh, and there, there's certainly no Sydney, Dewey, and Gail and Randy. Well, we got to move on from that because we're not going to get them anymore. In mm-hmm. fact. Gail should not have been in this. What a waste. Um, in fact, without having Neve, uh, Nev, Nev Campbell in this, Gail has nobody to, to rat-a-tat with because yeah. Gail Weathers has no rat-a-tat with these guys. Yeah, um, they tried to do it to set up that scene where it's, it's an homage to Scream 2, one of many, um, where Tara punches Gail, um, but it's just it's not the same. Yeah, it's that's, it's not the same. And didn't he? Didn't she? Didn't she punch her in the first one? Gank um, Sydney punches her a couple of times in, in the first two. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we meet Detective Bailey, played by who I always like to see, Dermot Moroney. I like Dermot. Derm- yeah. yeah, so do I. Uh, not in this, unfortunately. He <laughs> um, so the copycat left a well, not the copycat. This time it was the real killer left the license where the body was of the copycat killer. So like, oh no. And so this is where everything starts to unfold. We're about 35 minutes into it. Everyone's up to par. We're introduced to everybody who we need to care about and, or not care about. Yeah. And everything else, chaos begins. So Richie calls. And oh, so, from beyond the grave. From beyond the grave. I, can I see that? How the fuck does she still have his number on her phone? Uh, yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I said, why would you keep the number of your dead ex-psycho <laughs> boyfriend on the phone? Although, okay, and it is a dress, but it's still stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that was funny. His face is on the picture. You know, when you, when you see his phone ringing, I was like, what the fuck? The, the, this scene in the convenience store is quite effective, especially when when yes. you see Ghostface with the gun and stuff. Yeah, this this is probably the next best scene, if not the best scene in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, a because you're taking a knife out of the hands, you're using a gun. He mm-hmm. kills some innocent people in this yeah. because usually the Ghostface is linked. It's only going to go after particular people. It's, re- yeah. it's a revenge game mainly for Ghostface. So he takes out some innocent bystanders pretty brutally here, especially mm-hmm. the store owner with the shotgun. Pump action, double barrel yeah, shotgun. Yeah, fuck. Um, yeah. It is a, a very fun scene. And the nice thing about the scene, it's well shot. A, it goes outside the box for what the killer's MO is. But most importantly, the fucking cops show up. And it's tense? Yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, can't, can't, you can't fault. It's definitely, and it, they do something different. And that's what I would like to have seen more of this and more of the opening sequence a little longer, and then instead of going back to the basic formula, we're going to have the basic formula, but sometimes you got to step out of your comfort zone because otherwise it just becomes a copy and paste. For me, it's about tweaking the formula and doing something different. 
and that's what this film although they there are sort of times when they it shows promise that they're going to do that um the beginning and the scene in the convenience store generally they resort back to basically remaking scream 2 i the well that's what they're trying to do mm-hmm. they mention that in the film so they get you there, Trevor. <laughs> no, I know that there, but it, it's literally like the filmmakers themselves, the direct, like the directors. Um, um, they it's basically a literal remake of Scream Two, but an inferior one. Uh, yeah. Oh, Scream Two is always be better, but as 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 the we uh, we pre- pretty much from the convenience store scene, the film kind of starts getting a little flaky. Yes. Here's a problem with self-aware, but it was never a problem for the Scream films. The self-aware works. In all the Scream films. Excuse me. Always has. Always will. That's what makes the Scream franchise so fucking yeah. good. You might... Like, we thought 3 was okay. But it was still entertaining. And you still went with it. And actually, Scream 3, in all fairness, thinking about it, wraps up the original trilogy quite well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have ended there and moved on. Yeah. But the problem as you go on with more self-aware... And you're replacing old characters with new characters... I'm fine with that. I'll go with it. But the one thing you can't do is take the self-aware and it becomes or make it a crutch. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's just basically, you know, the scenes where they're talking about who the killer could be and stuff. They're just copy and paste from what Randy used to do. You know, almost literally just tweaking it slightly to make it more modern. And I like films, right? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Halloween Kills. Perfect example. They did something bold, something different, and something different, and they pulled it off. In my opinion, not in everybody's, by the way, um, obviously. Um, but that's what I wanted here, and that's what I I'm, I'm presuming there'd be a Scream Seven. That's what I am hoping for with uh, the Scream Seven. Uh, I have to say, I do like my fan service as well. Uh, but there's you know certain skill to fan service. I did like you know the fact that they were using the masks of the previous killers and stuff, and which we'll get to soon. The the basically the sort of museum, um, the theater, which is like a homage to you know the previous killers and stuff. I did enjoy that, but yeah. Well, that's pretty. I mean, the heart of the film. I mean, that's a pretty. I mean, I mean, so far we're bo- we're on board of the film. Now this is where I have a, I have a problem when I'm talking about the fan service. People wanted Kirby back. Yes. You could have brought her back in any form that you wanted. What the fuck are you thinking about bringing her back as an FBI agent? (laughs) It was, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't make Um, any sense. She went to high school with Sam. Yes. Yes. Although she was a few years older. Um, you know, apparently Sam was like, you know, like, um, like, like a few years below her in school, that, that is confirmed, to be fair. But the fact that she's went from this sort of irritating sort of high school, um, sort of blonde, bimbo-y type character to a fucking hardcore FBI agent, give me a break. Oh, yeah, she's like, she was, yeah, she's she's like, she's built like fucking an Ewok. <laughs> what the fuck, she's a she's tiny like little thing. nothing, you know what I mean? Uh, um, Jesus yeah. Christ. And then we see Gail pops up to the scene, um... And Jesus Christ, God love her, and I wish her the best in her future endeavors. But A, Gail needs to be written out of this now, or killed. character herself um, is is tired, um, you know, and I don't mean like literally tired, just it's just like, oh, Gail's going to be a bitch again, Gail's going to be selfish, but really she has a heart of gold and she's, she's going to be badass and sort of, you know, be on board with the, the gang. Uh, it's just, it's the same with every film. It's just, it's just, Play it out. 
It's uh, now we'll talk about the deaths. Uh, we mentioned the shotgun the sequences, uh, you know, killing innocent bystanders, uh, the death um, in the beginning. You have some good gore here, and the doctor definitely gets oh my god, it's cringeworthy yeah. when he stabs him in the nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, uh-huh. poor bastard. And obviously, to get to Sam's records. Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, that makes sense why he was peppered in there. And again, yeah. it is only a cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, for fan service of the original radio, of the original film these guys did together. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, we know the Doctor's innocent. <laughs> yes. Well, well, I mean, Quinn has been killed, so you know, not yet. Possible, not yet. Well, that's right. Yes, uh, no. But she, um, but she does get killed. That's where. He, and the scene, the scene works. The scene works. He works quite a bit. And as I mm-hmm. talk about this film, and I say this scene works, a lot of scenes do work. Like the Danny scene when he is across the way and he can see Ghostface in Quinn's room. Yeah. And and they're no, we have to get a point A to point. They have to cross the ladder. That whole that whole sequence. Yes. Oh, can I just say, just as we're approaching this sequence. What the fuck is the point in this cute guy character, the neighbor? I know he's supposed to be a bit of a red herring and stuff, but talk about bland. He's not a good actor, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's just a male model. I've seen, yeah. you know, better acting in the fucking dead doctor's corpse. <laughs> fuck, hell. No, yeah, he's just, yeah, he's he's a fucking body count for the next movie. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it gets bumped off in the opening sequence. Yeah. <laughs> so when Quinn gets it, again, you had me. I was like, okay, you killed Quinn. Well, you know Quinn was going to get it. You know, you know, you got the Scooby gang, and then yes. you got these, uh, you know, the butler. Mm-hmm. So you know who's going to get it. I will say this. I like when uh, it's hard to watch. You see, this, the, the gory is good. I, I got to give her credit. When Anika gets stabbed, and then yes, you it, see yes. the knife going up. Yes, and she's yeah. not wearing like she's just she's you can see her she's got a belly shirt. Yes, so you can see the skin and everything. It's not just hidden behind a a baggy Eyes. sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The the uh, um the practical effects for the stabbings are very very impressive, and they're I mean they make you wince, you know. But it, it has it has like when you watch it again, uh, obviously Quinn's involved, so it was nice when Sam. And the killers, you know, trying to take everybody out. She runs, grab knives, and the knives are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she attacks him with the block where the knives are supposed to be. Yeah, but it does give you, it makes you want, it makes you go back. Like, Wait a minute, who took the knives? So yeah. this was whole thing was staged. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it it's very, it does well at planting um, the little Easter eggs or the seed of how they plan this. The latter scene is fun. And her death went, oh, that poor girl, she gets gutted like a fish, and then she falls and cracks, smacks her head on a fucking <laughs> yeah. garbage bin. I, I must admit, see, I think to do with heights. I have a fear of heights, and uh, I think to do with heights, and yeah, it'll sort of, it'll work for me in terms of horror. Now, so far, we're about halfway, and the film's got me. I'm all right with it. And so far, guys, the movie gets a pass. It's a good film. But... I'm on the fence currently. So, Detective Bailey, Dermot Moroni, who I like to see, Comes down, sees his daughter, but his uh, daughter's body, and he's like, "You bastard, got my daughter." Yeah. I like Dermot Moroni. I think he's a fine actor, but Jesus, he does not sell this. <laughs> I knew the minute he came out of that, he he's guilty. I didn't, I, I, I didn't think of the Quinn thing. 
it it didn't gel that Quinn was involved still. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I knew he was in. I knew he did it or was involved somehow, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my god! Well, we're gonna solve this. Let's go. Let's get and, the bastard." Yeah, and he's yeah. cracking jokes and blah blah blah. I'm like, "What the fuck? Your daughter was just gutted like a fish." To be honest, I I didn't think that um, you know the, the detective right away um, was involved. However, I was pretty confident. Um, that nerd boy, whatever you call him, the son, um, w- was involved. Uh, and also later on, um, whenever there's a reveal here, me, yeah, Betty Quinn comes back type thing. So it sort of, it wasn't it wasn't the most difficult to sort of put together. Well, it wasn't he, like a big shock. When, remember, Quinn said she had a brother who died, supposedly yes. in a car accident. But yes. then he makes a comment, boy, both my kids are gone. You don't mm-hmm. fuck with my, you fuck with my family, you die. Yeah. It's a horribly executed line. But, Right there, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, yeah he's he's did it. This is it. Yeah, um, yeah." And then Gail found out where the mask is coming from because she knows somebody who knows somebody, mm-hmm. and you find out that the copycats had this little, as you mentioned, this little museum. Now, um, I like the museum. I guess I think it's kind of cool. It is for the reason I like it is just for nostalgia purposes. Yes, you can go back and reflect of all the films and the, the different pieces. That's of, the type of fan service I like. Yeah, the different pieces of wardrobe, the TV that kills too. I mean, all this stuff. Stu Macker's um, dressing gown as well. Yeah, yeah, everything's there. Um, I do think it's pretty stupid that how the fuck do you have all this shit? This is an evidence galore. Yes, and yeah. a one line fix. Well, cops would do anything for money. Well, yeah. well okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's it. It is contrived, yeah. but I, I still liked it because I like seeing I all the old props and stuff, you know, from the originals. And you got like seeing photos of Dewey, and you know there was references to Randy and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll sort of I'll run with a bit of fan service. And I, I, I'll yeah. And I do like the fact they used the fact that you go up the, on the stage of all these different outfits that were worn by the killers. But yeah, the man, you know, Billy's right in the middle there, and yeah. it brings back her alter ego. Mm-hmm. It brings back her father, the the sociopath in her, mm-hmm. I guess you can say, or the killer in her. So yeah. they did it to kind of bring that back, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a scene coming up. I just it's it's one of the best scenes in Scream. I'm actually probably really enjoying this film now. Did you notice the line um, later on in the museum? Where um, it's Kirby, Kirby I think mentions they're talking about um, they're talking about Stu Macker anyway, and then Kirby goes, yeah, that's if he's even really dead. I hope that's setting him up for him to return. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 because that's why when the TV they, they drop the TV on, mm-hmm. I can't remember whose head it was. Oh, I think it was yeah. uh, Ethan's. Mm-hmm. Ethan, yeah. they, she makes a line. You can't come back from that or something mm-hmm. like that. So right, I but think, that could be just a misleading line. No, he's dead. Let's move on. Though, no, 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 no. He is, but uh, maybe Stu. No, did you know that um, originally in Scream Two, um, that Stu was meant to have survived and was behind it all from jail, uh, but, but the script leaked online, so they had to do quick changes. Yeah, I knew there was a leak. I can't remember what what the leak was, but I know there was a quick rewrite. Yes, um, Stu was the original killer okay. in Scream Two. We're going to bring him back. Well, maybe he'll come back. You never know. Mm. Let's talk about Gail's attack. Yes. Stupid. Yep, pointless. And she has a random new boyfriend who like has no lines. What the fuck? You couldn't you have given something scary. Like, get him. let's see him get it before mm-hmm. this, the phone rings. Yes. You know? And then... Pointless. It, 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 just give us something. This was just a stupid fight scene. And then when she gets 
stabbed. Don't tell me he got me. He didn't get me or whatever it was. And she yeah. fades away. But she's, but you know she's so, not dead. Yeah, supposedly she survives. Mm-hmm. I, it was just poor. It was just mm-hmm. like, uh, why is she in this? Even, even the acting with Courtney Cox, where they're trying to make her out to be badass. Um, like, uh, I'm going to get you, fucker. You know, all that. Those types of lines. It was just, yeah, right. <laughs> I do like the fact it's the first time Gail talked to the ghost face. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, she was. She did get a call once, but it was taken away by one of the other characters. I by Randy. Remember. It's in Scream 2. Yeah. Um, where Gail gets a call, but Randy snatches the phone. Yeah. And I will say this. I do like the fact she's badass. She's prepared. So she gives him a good a good fight. Um, so I Courtney do... Cox really impressed me with her acting in the previous film, Scream 5, the fifth one. But here, she's just going through the motions. Yeah, like I said, I think she needs that rat tat tat. So when you take mm-hmm. away Dewey and you you take away Sydney, yeah, there's nothing else for her to go with. She doesn't know yes. these guys, so yeah. it's Ox. She shouldn't be here. Kirby mm-hmm. should not be here. Yep, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice maybe at the end she might show up to save the day or something. Maybe yeah, a small cameo, or small something. cameo. Yeah, but or even kill her in the beginning. Throw you mm-hmm. will throw three really throw people off. It'd be a bold move, yeah. You know, but yeah. we didn't get that, and it was pretty much, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Now we go to the train sequence. The train sequence, eh, uh, it was okay. I do yeah. like a lot of the people in the Halloween. Was it Halloween week here? Because everyone seems to be dressed up for a matter well, of weeks. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was like Halloween for several days or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it was a weird one. You know, I do like the train and how it plays homage to Wes Craven's films. Mm-hmm. So all these Halloween costumes, all yes. referencing his films, Deadly Friend, Deadly Blessing. Pinhead and Ulzer, and there's, I mean, um, there's even the twins from The Shining. You know, yeah, closely. There's loads there. Basically. Yeah, but it's mainly, but, but there's a lot of Wes Craven characters. Ser- yes, Serpent in the Rainbow, Brook, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, stuff like that. It's kind of fun mm-hmm. to see. A little, um, a little nod of the hat. Freddie mm-hmm. was there. Uh, I thought the scene could have been more tense, to be honest with you. I thought it was kind of bland. Yeah, it was nothing special. Yeah, and then when she gets stabbed, how the fuck is she in the end sequence in this film, running around? Not only that, not only is she in the end sequence, she's literally running down the street, like, I don't know, like some fucking Olympic sprinter, You know, after being stabbed the fuck in the stomach. This is what I'm talking about, where it comes to, they're taking the Dewey thing, which was funny. It mm-hmm. was each each each, yeah, it was a joke. each film he gets hurt more and more and more yeah. until finally he gets his two up you know his two uh, come up come up yeah. that's the word I'm looking for and but here her and her brother her brother should be fucking dead he, is, I mean he was basically cut to shreds um, but yet he survived the both survived see, when does but see here we talked about this about self aware mm-hmm. and when do you take this too far. Yeah, and now you're just copying and pasting what did work. Doesn't work here. Mm-hmm. This is pardon the pun overkill. And the, the, the one and another thing. One okay, if you're gonna keep one of them, fine. But you need to kill Chad, or you needed to kill uh, was it Mindy? Well, I can't remember. Mindy, Mindy. You needed to kill one of them because yeah. because at the end of the day, we talk about this quite a bit with films. If there's no real tension or there's real no peril for the main characters. What's the point? Exactly. Exactly. You know they're always going to survive. You know, it's just, you know, and they're not even, to me anyway, they're not even, they're not good characters anyway from the start. So, yeah, I'll happily use them as ghost face fodder, 
you know. Um, yeah, I mean, Chad seems quite likable, but he's no Dewey, let's just say. Um, and it's sad because Chad's death's wasted now because that mm-hmm. was a good, honorable death. It's a cheat. Um, it's it's it was because the the whole ending, you know, chase scene between um, Ethan Quinn and the dad against all yeah. these guys. It's fun. Chad's the, the more, obviously the more athletic one, so he's protecting yeah. everybody. And then he finally gets his comeuppance when two of them attack him. That um, is a good death. Mm-hmm. But you throw it away when he's like, "Oh, hey guys," at, at the end, it's and he's having, and he's having a good conversation. He's like alive and well. Yeah, it's stupid. I fucking stubbed my toe this morning. I was in tears. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, I do like when Sam is hanging on to Tara, mm-hmm. and she's hanging off the balcony, and yeah. he's jumping up to try to stab her. And Ethan is so fucking annoying. He thinks he's badass. Oh, he's But when she jumps oh. down with that knife in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, um, there's a line in it where he goes, um, he goes, I always wanted to stick something in you, Tara. That's obviously a call back to Stu's line um, in the original, where he says, "I always liked you, Sydney." You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch that one. But there's a lot of that. But in Ethan's just—he's just a terrible character. I don't think he's a terrible character. I think he's just—he thinks he's cooler than he is, and I think that's the way the oh, character's right. written. I think he's just a smarmy little weasel. Quinn, um, to her credit, is an annoying character, but she's you know, good though. She she's plays- like twenty-one or so, and you know, so like you know, most sort of. 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds are pretty annoying. Um, so, yeah, she, she's quite good, especially when she turns nasty at the end, you know, when she comes back. Yeah, I mean, when um, I love it when, yeah, she just shoots her in the head. Just mm-hmm. that's it, you're dead. You're, we're done with you. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the ending here. And I do like when Sam, because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch it right away. I should have when I first saw it, where you got Detective Bailey, he's on the stage, mm-hmm. and you had. Sam's missing. Obviously, he's looking for Sam. And then you get the phone call. Ding, ling, ling, ling. And now yeah. she's playing Ghostface. But I did notice it that Billy's outfit's missing from the glass case. Yeah. So she was wearing it, obviously, becoming her father, technically. Yes. But when she fucking jumps on him and stabs him so many times. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. But she doesn't kill him. She only, if you notice it, she only stabs him in the arm. Mm-hmm. About twenty times, it's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. But because at the end she goes, "I'm not a murderer." She doesn't want to be her father. It's pretty much what she's saying. Yeah. Because this whole side story, I didn't even mention it because it's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. How the fuck would anyone think she was the real killer in that whole thing that happened in the last movie? Well, they do explain. I know it still is stupid, but they do explain that there was actually the family. Um, you know, Richie's family who who started that rumor. I know, but it's stupid. Come on. I know. <clears throat> I mean, no one's going to buy into that. But, mm. yeah. So. I think that was more commentary about social media sort of um, witch hunts, you know, where basically somebody will say something, accuse somebody of something, the next minute everybody piles on, yeah. you know? The snowball effect. Yeah. But when she stabs him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought that was quite a. You know, a slightly bold move because you know she's saying I'm not going to be like my dad, and she says, "Ah, you know what? Fuck it." You know, you, you know. Yeah, I like that. She's like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I'm killing him." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Um, it's a good death for him. I like to see. The eye. I do. I do like the end where see you see her holding her father's mask, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh God, she's stealing it." Here we go, and then she just throws it away. Throws it out in the ground. Yeah. So there you go. There's Scream Six. Um, to me, Scream 6, um, a pointless retread of 
Scream 2 and Inferior retread. Uh, not really, I, I don't really particularly enjoy watching the Core 4, as they're <laughs> annoyingly called. Uh, they wouldn't hold a torch to the original crew. Um, pointless retread. I just hope that with Scream 7, that they try something bold and new and different. Well, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, I, I watched it a couple times to see where I'm at. First, I thought the film was kind of boring and stupid. Second time, I was like, oh, they're kind of cheating. I mean, there's a difference between self-aware and cheating. Yeah. Um, cheating's ugly. Self-aware mm-hmm. is fun. There's a difference. And I didn't want to copy and paste. But as talk, And now talking about this for the podcast, yeah, it's a good film. It is. It's very. It's actually quite clever and fun. However, I think this is not nothing. This is. Pro- I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably the worst one of all of them. I, I agree. And I think it's, it was just. A, it's just a, basically a generic scream yeah. film. I mean, it's got a lot going for it. It's got uh, the deaths, the opening sequence, the copycat is so great. The uh, convenience store. I do like the homage to all the characters and all the killers in, in that little museum thing. Um, it, in the, it's a good climax, actually. But Gail Weathers is completely useless in this. The whole Chad's still alive, Mindy's still alive thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt uh, the whole family dynamic was a little overkill. Again, pardon the pun. I think it cheats too much, and it's not self-aware. When it, you know, it's just cheating. Too much of a copy and paste. Yeah. So with this is why I'd probably give this. I mean, it's entertaining. It's a good film, guys. It's a good scream film. But it, this is the worst one. Um, I'm, I really honestly think Scream Three is a better film. The one that gets the worst rap. At least Scream Three was smarter. It, it did wrap things up well. You might have liked some of the direction it went. But it certainly didn't cheat. This cheats too much. So mm-hmm. the next time they come out swinging, and I know they will, they're good filmmakers, they need to give us something different and not fucking set in New York. It's pointless. You, could, I, you know they should? They should have a screen film set in, a, in like a cabin. Or Belfast? No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ghostface won't last 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for me, overall, it was just, I mean, it had some good scenes, I have to admit. Um, the convenience store, the opening especially. But it was just a generic filler scream film. They need to go um, down a different route. Give us something new and get fucking rid of Kirby. Kill off Kirby and uh, the opening in the next film. I quite like Gale, so, you know, uh, but she has to have a point to be there. Hopefully they'll give her a point to be there. Um, and then no, no doubt there'll be a next one. But Kirby, and I, and I actually quite like Hayden as an actress and the character in Scream 4, but this was just stupid. No, she's gone. You don't bring her back. It's pointless. What they need to do is kill Gale in the beginning of the next one, and that brings back Cindy out of retirement. Well, hope so. That would be the best way to do this. And bring back Patrick Dempsey, her husband, who was in the yeah. third one. Why not? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. That's be, that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. We're going to wrap this one up. It. Uh, uh, feel free to give us a shout and follow us what you thought of Scream 6. Uh, a lot of people are loving it. And that's cool. If horror movie does well, I'm okay with it because we'll get more of them. I'm all right. I'm all right with seeing more horror films. So uh, give us a, give us a shout on Sinister Frame underscore podcast and of course Facebook. Guys, listen, um, got not much else to say. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm like the screenwriter of Scream. <laughs> I'm all out of ideas. Yeah. Hello. All right. Hello, have a good Gail. one. Strange that you and I have never spoken on the phone. This is long overdue. I agree. Please. I figured 
After all these years, you'd want an interview. You think you're right. So, what's your motive this time? Are you angry at the movies, or are you just trying to stay relevant? Well, I could ask you the same. Don't you know the legacy characters are disposable now? Nobody cares about last century's heroes. And why bother with me at all? Call it nostalgia. 